The following program is paid for by the partners and viewers of the Life of Faith broadcast. This is Dr. Fry, and I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to view today's broadcast. It is always an honor and privilege to be able to come into your homes through the medium of television to teach the living Word of God so that your life can increase like never before. Praise God. Today, I'm going to continue the series of lessons I've been teaching called Kingdom Realities. We've been on this series a few weeks, but I believe it's important that you get the fullness of the message so you can understand who God has called you to be and who you are in Christ. So stay tuned, enjoy the lesson, I'll return afterwards and share some exciting information with you. God bless you. Let's join Dr. Wayne Fry for today's message, Already in Progress. And this is a story of Adam and his wife. Now, I mean, though, Adam was in right position, right relationship with God. The Bible says that God and Adam walked together in the cool of the day. In other words, Adam hung out with God. God hung out with Adam. We like that, don't we? But the truth be told, God hangs out with us. Amen. Oh, man. Because you have the spirit of God right on the inside of you. Wherever you go, God goes. Amen. And so we know we, we read scriptures like that and say, man, that will be nice for God to walk with me in the cool of the day. I mean, no, God walks with you in the cool and the hot of the day. Because <laughs> he never leaves you, nor what? Forsakes you, praise God. And so what happened here is that the, the serpent came and he deceived the woman. And the woman took the fruit and ate of it. Then the Bible says she turned to her husband next to him and he ate as well. Got it? And so what happened was in verse number seven, and the eyes of them both were open and they knew, they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Look at verse number eight. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, what did they do? Hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So now here they are, was in right, they were in right position before they ate the fruit. They ate the fruit and something happened. They became aware of their nakedness. In other words, they became aware of their condition without God. Because before they were clothed in the glory of God and they were in the manifest presence of God at all times. But when, that, when, the, when the glory fell for them, they, they became aware of their condition without God. And see, that, what, that's what happens to us when we sin. We become aware of our condition without God. And so what happened is the Bible says is that they, they hid from God. God came to fellowship with them, but instead of them running to God, they hid from God. And the same thing happens in our lives. Even though we miss the mark, God comes to extend grace to us. 
But because of the confidence or the lack of confidence we have because of the mistake, because of the sin, now we, we, don't, wanna, we don't run to God. Actually, we run away from God, and, and we'll say this, I'm not worthy. But see, it's not up to you, it's not up to me to make you worthy. It was up to him. And he paid the price, and his blood made you worthy. And God says, even when you make mistakes, God reaches his hand out to you and says, here's the grace you need to recover from the mistake you just made. Amen. So even if we sin, we're supposed to do Hebrews 4.16 and come boldly to the throne of grace. That's the time we need to run, fall on our face towards God and say, God, help me because I missed it. And you know what? God extends grace even to us when we miss the mark. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? Glory to God. So it questions our confidence. Go, to, go back to Romans 8 now. It questions our confidence and it opens the door to condemnation. See, condemnation is a tool that the enemy uses to strip you of your confidence. The Bible says that we are not to be ignorant or we should not be ignorant of his devices. See, there's no new thing that the devil can come up with, and so he just repeats what he does. Got it? And so he'll find you in situations where you haven't done what you know you're supposed to do or when you've missed the mark, and he'll use those opportunities to come sit on your shoulder and begin to put some thoughts in your, in your mind, saying, okay, you ain't going to get what you believe in God for now. Look at you. You can't even keep yourself together. Look at you. You can't even, walk, you can't even work the word of God. What is that doing? That is, that is uh, tactics. That are, they, are, they are thoughts to get you to capture with your thinking so that you can begin to be less confident in your relationship with God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? And so he'll sit on your shoulder, and he'll lie to you, and lie to you. Oh, God don't love you no more. Oh, you done missed it now. It's no hope for you. You might, as well, you might as well throw in the towel. You might as well give it up. You might as well forget that. You ain't ever going to get that. Anybody heard anything like that before? Yeah. This will never work. Why? Because, because he wants to strip you of your confidence through what? Condemnation. All right, look at this. The Bible says in, in Romans 8.1, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Shout no condemnation. No condemnation. Say it again. No condemnation. One more time. No there, that, there is therefore now no condemnation, check this out, to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. No condemnation. In other words, we are not to receive any condemnation that comes from the enemy. Because condemnation is designed to condemn, God wants to build you up. Got it? Jesus, the Bible says Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but he came into the world that through him the world might be what? Saved, delivered, set free. Got it? So condemnation doesn't come from God. God doesn't make you feel bad even when you make a mistake. Oh, come on now. Amen. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't make you feel bad. He didn't jump on your case and make you feel bad or condemn you. No, that's the enemy. Why? Because he wants you to walk around without confidence because if you don't have confidence, then it strips you of your faith because faith is confidence in God. And if he strips your faith, then he also strips your victory. Because the Bible says faith is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. So if you, if you lose your faith or you release your faith through condemnation, the devil has you. Are y'all seeing what I'm saying here? So why it's important to stay away from sin because sin causes you to lack confidence 
in God. All right. Go to first John three. Now, let's take a look at this. First John three. And uh, let's look at this. Continue to talk about this. Uh, stripping your crushing your confidence. Let us come. How? Come on. One more time. So you ought to be able to stand flat footed, shoulder square, come right into the presence of God. Even if you made the mistake. Huh? I said, huh? That's what the scripture says. Because I am, I'm still the righteousness of God, even though I missed it. I still am. God still sees me through the eyes or through the finished work of Jesus Christ. So because Jesus paid it all for all my sin, when I do miss it, God sees me through that work. Oh, that ought to get somebody excited in this place. I don't know about you, it excites me because sometimes I don't get it right all the time. Okay, yeah, okay, praise the Lord. Okay, we spiritual, but, you know, we can be real too. Come on. We don't get it right all the time. And I thank God that there's still some grace and some mercy available for me even when I don't get it right all the time. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so that's when I, see, that's when you really begin to see the true love of God. That's when you really begin to see the true love of God, the unconditional love of God, that God will still extend grace to you, even when you disobeyed his word. Why? So that he can prove to you that he will never leave you nor forsake you, and that he'll prove to you that you can always come to him. Now, I may know you are more prone, more willing to run to someone that wants to build you up versus running to someone that tears you down. Isn't that correct? And see, God is just that one. God will minister to you by the Holy Spirit. God will send the word through a man or woman of God, and he'll, and he'll send the word, and he's like, oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear right there. To get me right back on track, because he cares for you. Got it? First, uh, first John 3, First John 3. Okay? First John 3, let's get over there. Talking about crushing the confidence. First John 3. I want y'all to hear this so that you'll know that God is for you, not against you. All right. Look at this verse 18. First John 3:18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in what? Truth. truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Now look at verse 19. Verse 19 is saying that when we know we're in the truth, our heart is what? Assured. What does that mean? Your heart is confident. When you know you've done right, your heart is confident. How many know your confession is more emphatic when you know you've done right? How many know you pray you know, that, that more uh, zealous when you know that you've obeyed the word of God. Come on now. Your praise is even different when you know that you've obeyed God. Why? Because I'm assured because I'm in the truth. In other words, I, I, I know I'm on this thing. Got it? But check this out here. For if our heart condemn us, God is what? Greater than our heart and knows how many things? All things. So that word, so there's one place where our heart is assured, and there's another side where our heart is condemned. The one side when our heart is assured is when we know we've done right. 
when our heart is condemned is the other side when we know we've missed the mark. But even if we miss the mark and our heart condemns us, the Bible says God is greater than our heart. Amen. Got it? Check this out. Then, look at this, and those all things, verse 21. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have what? Confidence in God. So that means if your heart is condemned, it removes the confidence. That's why we have to re be reminded that even if I miss the mark, God is greater than my heart. God is greater than, um, excuse me, God is greater than the mistake that I've done. God is greater than that. And God will extend grace and allow my heart not to be condemned any longer. Then the Bible says I'm going to have what? Confidence in God. Ah, glory to God. Why is this? Why is this? Why is this? Verse 21, beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. Verse 22, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Why, why, why? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are what? Pleasing in his sight. Glory to God. You know, you walk, you, you, your, your walk is totally different when your heart's not condemned. Yeah, when you have confidence toward God, you don't, bad news, good news, no news at all doesn't move you. Because I have confidence in who? God. I know God is greater than anything that I'm facing. I know God is greater than anything that I've done. So I'm walking with a, with a heart that's not condemned and therefore I have confidence in God. So whatever I ask, I receive because I'm full of faith. I'm full of faith. I'm full of faith. I'm full of faith. Go to James 1. Go to James 1. So sin then crushes your confidence. That's why you want to stay out of sin. You want to stay out of sin so it can leave your confidence intact. So that when you do go to God, your heart's not condemned. And if your heart's not condemned, then I have confidence in God. Amen. Y'all hearing this? Go to James now. Go to James. Because I want I want y'all to hear I want y'all to hear this right. Because y'all thinking like, man, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and do what I gotta do. Because he gonna still extend grace. Ah, uh, yeah, he will. But we don't want to play with that. Because we can frustrate the grace of God. Look at this here. James, a servant of the most uh, servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered above. Greeting. James one two. Now, my brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into divers, temptations, trials, and tests. What do you say? Count it what? All joy. all joy. Count it all joy when you fall. Now notice how many here, how many of you by, in here by the raise of, uh, show of hands, how, how many of you intend on falling? Nobody, right? So here he's saying when you fall, that means you ain't mean to do it. Uh, see, y'all ain't getting it. See, now if you're planning to fall, yeah, pre-better said, yeah. <laughs> if you're planning to fall, if you're planning to sin, now that puts you over in another category. Here he's talking about a group of people that says when you fall in the diverse temptation, trial, and test, I mean, because no, when you trip and fall, you ain't mean to trip and fall. You did that by accident. Got it? And so when you sin, it should be by, uh, no, I wouldn't say accident, but 
Um, let's just try to find another way to say this. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be planning to sin. Because you don't sin by accident either. You sin by choice. Oh, come on now. You choose, you choose to do what you want to do. Come on now. It ain't based upon what's going on around you. It's based upon what you choose to do. Yeah, that's your choice. Your response is your what? Responsibility. Yeah, glory to God. But he says here, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, trials, and tests. So when you accidentally or when you not on purpose end up in some tests and end up in some trials and end up in some areas that you've missed the mark, the Bible says you are the count it all joy. Why? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting what? Nothing. Glory to God. So you got to understand, the, tri the trial, the test, the missing the mark comes to get your faith, folks. Why? Because if it gets your faith, it gets your victory. Because if you let go of your faith, you let go of your victory. Tell, hunt your neighbor and say, don't let go of your faith. Don't let go of your faith. Come on, tell them. Tell y'all and say, don't let go of your faith. Don't let go of your faith. Glory to God. Yes, indeed. No, hold on to it with all, all that you can. Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. So how do I do that? If I stay out of sin, it'll help me stay in confidence. But I know this, if I fall in sin, that I can still ha have the grace of God to regain my confidence. Y'all see that very clearly? Glory to God. All right, now, let's go over to uh, 1 John chapter number 1 now. 1 John chapter number 1. Ah, glory to God. 1 John chapter number 1. All right. Let's go to verse number 7. 1 John 1, 7. Everybody there? Yeah. I'm going to talk about a, a verse here that has been uh, discussed and taught throughout the body of Christ over the past year. Uh, this first John 1 9 so I'm gonna talk about that a little bit on this morning okay it says verse number seven says but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from how much sin how many glad you've been cleansed how many glad you've been cleansed come on glory to God yes indeed then verse 8 says these are for the prideful folk if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and what? Just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all what? Unrighteousness. Okay? Now, First John says that he'll forgive us. How many glad for forgiveness? And then he says he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, pastor. The scripture says he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I thought we were already righteous. I thought we were righteous when we got born again. You've been made what? The righteousness of God in what? Christ Jesus. So if he's going to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, what unrighteousness is he going to cleanse us from if we're already righteous? That's a good question, right? Now, trust me, I love 1 John 1, 9. It's one of my favorite verses. 
Because I know I can give me some forgiveness and some cleansing when I miss it. Right? But what exactly is he saying here when he says, forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness? Because in actuality, in actuality, your sins were forgiven and your unrighteousness was cleansed at the born-again experience. Because you've been made the righteousness of God. The Bible says old things are passed away. All things have become what? New. Okay? So you've been forgiven and cleansed at the born-again experience. I am the righteousness of God. I stand before God without any sense of guilt, condemnation, or inferiority with, as if I've done nothing wrong in my life. So what is he specifically talking about here in 1 John 1, 9? First of all, we talk about he says he'll forgive us of sin. So that means that after we get born again, there's a good probability that we're going to sin again. Y'all ain't trying to help me today. Anybody realize that? And so there's forgiveness for you even beyond the born again experience. And when God forgives, he forgets. Then he says, and I'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Okay? All unrighteousness. Now, you got to look at this thing. Man is a three-part being. How many parts? Man is a spirit. Man has a soul. Man lives in the body. Spiritually speaking, you will never sin again once you're born again. Notice what I said. Spiritually speaking, you will never sin again once you're born again. Okay, say it with me. Spiritually speaking. Okay, all right, I, I make sure this side over here got it. Come on, say it with me. Spiritually speaking. Okay, great, great, great. Spiritually speaking, you will never sin again once you're born again. It's impossible. Because God and sin cannot dwell in the same place. So if Holy Spirit is in your spirit, and it is, Romans 8, 14, Romans 8, 17, uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, tells us that. If Holy Spirit is in our spirit, and Holy Spirit and God are the same ones, that means God is in your spirit. So if God and sin can't abide in the same place, your spirit can't have sin. That's why he can receive your spirit if you die in the heaven because it lacks sin. Got it? And those who haven't received salvation, he can't receive because it still contains the sin nature. Got it? Tell you I'm glad I came to church today. I'm glad I came to church So spiritually speaking, it's impossible for you to sin. Now, but man is a how many part being? Three. Spirit, soul, and body. Now listen to this. It is possible that you can sin in your soul and in your flesh after you're born again. Oh, I got to back up in case y'all want to throw something. Come on, talk to me. Shout, say, spiritually, spiritually I'm, all right. I'm all right. Now shout, soulishly, soulishly and, fleshly, and fleshly, I got some work to do. Come on, that's, uh, everybody, everybody okay? Yeah, yeah. So it's possible that you can sin in your soul and in your flesh. 
Now, once you sin in your soul and in your flesh, you allow unrighteousness into your life. And soulishly, unrighteousness will leave a stain in your soul that if you allow it, will run your life for the rest of your life. Spiritually, you are free. Free as a bird. But yet you can live as a bound person because you've allowed a stain that was on your soul because of a sin to run your life even though you've been made free. Talk to me. Okay, 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 okay. You get born again and you make a terrible mistake you i mean you 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 sin and you can't believe you sin you i mean you you i mean what happened to you i mean it it is just it just totally uh, it totally just took you for a loop and so now that stain is in your soul and every time you go to do right you reminded of the stain and now this stain in your soul is telling you and you're believing it that I'm not worthy, that I'm no good. I'm just a worm in the dust. Come on, talk to me. But it's just a stain from a sin. And so what he's saying here in 1 John 1, 9, he says, I'm going to forgive you, then I'm going to wipe away all residue of unrighteousness that's in your soul and in your flesh. So now that stain won't dictate to you what you can and cannot do. You've been made free from it because I've eradicated it from your soul. Come on, talk to me, man. Praise the Lord. I pray that you've enjoyed today's lesson. As I said before, I'm continuing teaching on kingdom realities, finding out who you are in Christ. It is so, so very important that you know who you are in Christ because everything else extends from that understanding. If you don't know who you really are, you can't function the way you're supposed to function. So I'm trusting that this lesson is encouraging you, blessing you, and causing you to have increase because you're finding out who you really are in Christ. Now, I wasn't able to put the entire message on today's broadcast simply because of time restraints but I'll place it in a CD or DVD set and I've priced it on a special for you this week because I want you to get into your faith library. Everyone needs to get this. So I want you to call the number on the bottom of your screen, write us at the address below, let the person know that you wanna receive this lesson on Kingdom Realities and we'll rush it out to you right away. Again, the information at the bottom of your screen I priced it in a special way for you to get into your faith library because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Before I let you, want, let you go, I want to thank you for being a viewer and a partner of the Life of Faith broadcast. Together, we'll make it happen. So until next time, continue to live the life of faith. God bless you. Become a Life of Faith partner today. Your financial support of $20 per month will assist Dr. Fry with taking the gospel around the world through television admissions. As a Life of Faith partner, you will receive early registration privileges for all conferences and events hosted by FCCI, a product discount on all purchases through our online bookstore, and free monthly teachings to strengthen your faith. 
Log on to www.fccintl.org or call 877-342-4193 as operators are standing by and become a Life of Faith partner today. You've been watching the Life of Faith broadcast with Dr. Wayne A. Fry. We pray that your faith has been strengthened and your heart encouraged by the Word of God. This broadcast can be viewed 24-7 at no charge at www.fccintl.org. Join with us next time on this station for another life-changing message with Dr. Wayne A. Fryer.